Hello, and welcome to the Scriptures Are Real podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about things that make the Scriptures real to us, and this is a special edition. We're part of our Holy Week edition, where we're trying to help everyone uh, draw closer to Christ and celebrate the most important thing uh, in the world, which is Christ's atoning sacrifice for us. I'm your host, Carrie Mulestein, and... I'm Julianne. That's my wife, Julianne Mulestein, and we're co-hosting these uh, special editions for the Holy Week. And today we're talking about Holy Tuesday. So Holy Tuesday is another day where he'll wake up in Bethany and go over the top of the Mount of Olives and come down. And this is the day where in the Mark account, they encounter that fig tree that we talked about yesterday. And the Savior teaches about that. And he will talk more about hypocrisy when he's down in the temple. Uh, But then he'll go down to the temple and uh, we'll let Julianne talk about the temple. The Savior really loves the temple because he really sees it as his father's house. And so it's a place of worship and of deep respect for him and, and love. And so this is just seen again and again. And, and for, for the Savior, the temple is really a part of Jerusalem as a whole. And as he comes uh, to Jerusalem in Luke, I'm in Luke right now, chapter 19, uh, after, he, after the whole triumphal entry, he uh, goes and comes near to the city and he beholds the city and he weeps over it. And this just uh, shows his concern for the, the temple, the, the people um, that he loves here in Jerusalem. And now in the Matthew account, uh, this incident is happening on Tuesday, which is the day that we're commemorating right now where Christ is really sorrowing over Jerusalem and knowing the destruction that will happen. And so if we're looking in Matthew 23, verse 37, he says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and ye would not. But behold, your house is left left desolate and this imagery we use in our teaching quite a bit and it's such powerful imagery that shows that tenderness and that relationship that Christ wants to have with each one of us and that he was trying to have at this time with Jerusalem and all the people were not understanding who he was and what he could do and then it's our responsibility to recognize what he really can do that that gathering in that he's trying to do with us individually and as a church and gathering israel as a whole yeah and then israel to gather all the world as a whole right that this is something that he has the power to do with such tenderness and with such reality as a chick would gather uh, sorry as a hen would gather her chicks and that comfort and that peace that comes from being home in Christ. And it's a very motherly image that he chooses to paint of himself. And yet, I think we need to feel that. It really is a motherly image. Yeah, yeah. And, and just really powerful. Yeah. And so there's we have quite a few different things that are happening and teachings that happen that are connected with Tuesday. Yeah, and- maybe I'll just mention a couple of them that we aren't going to talk about. But this is when they talk to him about, should we paid the you know tax to caesar and what about um marriage and uh someone who has uh, you know seven 
brothers that die and all these things. And we'll get more into those when we get to that part in the podcast. Uh, right. And come follow me. Um, so we're not really touching on those now. There are a number of teachings, but I think there was one you wanted to touch on that, that happens right before he, he continues to talk about the temple afterwards. So, Yes. Uh, the, this is a story that I've always really uh, felt a kind of a kinship with and a desire to be more like. And uh, this is a story of the widow who is in the temple and she has brought her money to the treasury and that she's surrounded by all of these much more wealthy uh, Sadducees and Pharisees who have brought their money and they do it with a lot of show. And, a, and but when they bring their money, it's just a little piece of what that they could give. So it doesn't really hurt them. It's not a big sacrifice. They're just giving a little bit of their extra. And so when Christ sees this widow come into the temple, uh, and we're in Mark 12, verse 41. And Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury, and many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites, which make a farthing. So how, what is that? Uh, is that? It's hardly anything. Like a penny or even yeah, less. Yeah. And he called unto him, his disciples, and said unto him, them, and this powerful lesson that we can all learn so much from, verily I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast in more than all they which have cast into the treasury. For all they did cast in of their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. And so it's, it's, this is a powerful message that we saw when we talked about the loaves and the fish, fishes, right? It's not really about how much we bring, but that we've given everything we've had. The boy gave all that he had, and then Christ made it be enough. And it was certainly not enough. And, and again, with the two widows might that this woman brought, how much would have helped the temple? Not much, really not much. But yet he knew her heart, and that is what Christ can do with all of us, is whatever we're giving, if we're giving our all, if we're all in, he knows that, and he will make that be enough and make it be more. And the more it is about how much we are all in, right, that it's really our intent of our heart, then he changes us. So it's not just about what we've done or what we've done uh, or how much we've added to the kingdom, but what it happens inside of ourselves that that Christ is able to help us become so much more because of our own sacrifices. It's perfect. It's perfect. And we'll come back to that in just a minute. Uh, then, as as Julianne mentioned, because he's wept over the, the temple as they're heading home. Is uh, and and they seem to stop and rest. And there's a tradition that there's a cave where they often stop and rest to get out of the heat when it's hot, to get out of the cool and the rain when it's uh, April and can be some cool and rain and it can be hot. So any in any case, there's a tradition that they stop in this cave and they ask him about it. And that's when he gives uh, the prophecies of the signs of the times of the signs of the second coming that are in Matthew 24 and a much better version of it in Joseph Smith, Matthew, which you can find in the Pearl of Great Price, but that's the inspired, the Joseph Smith translation or inspired version of Matthew 24. Uh, and I would encourage you to read it. 
I think it's incredibly important. And uh, today might be a good day to, to think through uh, how much you look forward to the second coming, what you can do to be prepared for the second coming and so on. And then let's continue. Often we just kind of do Matthew 24, but let me just note, and, and we'll talk about this more in depth when we get there, but, but let me just note that the Savior himself actually gives parables that help us know how to prepare for a second coming. So as soon as he's done giving the signs for the times, then in Matthew 25, he talks about, first of all, the parable of the ten virgins, which gives us this idea that we really need to get prepared and not everyone who should be prepared will be prepared uh, and that other people can't prepare for us. Right? So that's probably not just food storage uh, because that is something someone else could do and give you. Uh, although I'm not saying don't have food storage, you should and so on. But um, And then he does the parable of the talents, which is about whatever he's given you. It's not a question of how much he's given you. It's what you do with what he has given you, which comes back to that widow's might business. But then to further the whole widow's might business, the last parable on this, and in my mind, the one he uses to wind up his teachings about how to prepare for the, the second coming, and that the first two parables were really uh, pointing towards, and this is kind of his culminating teaching on how to prepare for the second coming, second coming, is what we call the parable of the sheep and the goats. And this is where he says that the father has the goats on the left hand and the sheep on the right hand. And he says to the sheep on his right hand, um, you visited me when I was sick, you clothed me when I was naked, you fed me when I was hungry, and so on. And they say, when saw we these sick or naked or afflicted? And he said, verily, as you've done it unto the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. And of course, the goats on his left hand, he said, you didn't visit me or clothe me or feed me and all these things. And they say, when did we see you this way? And he says, when you didn't do it to the least of these, my brethren, you haven't done it unto me. And so it seems to me that he is saying one of the primary ways we prepare for him to come again is to take care of others. So if we combine that with the notion of the widow's might, I would say that the, on this day, the Savior really powerfully is teaching, and, and the talents, the parable of the talents, he's teaching, whatever I've given you, you need to do things with that to take care of others, mm -hmm. right? So in some ways, that's your talent. So it might be a good day to think, what are your talents as in the gift of charity or the gift of, of listening or empathy or the gift of teaching? or the gift of, of uh, faith, or something along those lines, how can you share that with someone today to build them up? Uh, and then think also financially, and how can you help someone? Maybe it's a good day for a DI run, uh, but if we're going to think in terms of the, the widow's might, maybe it's a good day to say, I'm going to look at what I can give and give until it hurts, and then if you're really going to be like the widow, you need to give a bit more after it starts to hurt, right? Because we don't want to be the ones who gave out of our abundance. We want to be like the widow. Uh, so it might be a good day for that kind of a thing, but it's certainly a good day if we're going to celebrate the Savior and what he has done for us. It's certainly a good day to take care of his, his flock, uh, and that will prepare us to see him again.